0: Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that it blesses your life. It is my awesome and distinct pleasure to introduce to you our children's pastor, or one of them. Isaac Tagan will be bringing the word this morning, amen? So give him a warm welcome this morning. Hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah. Oh my goodness, it is great to be here. Tanya and I have enjoyed our time here, and uh, <clears throat> it is wonderful being where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be course I'm not used to this yet I'm still getting my bearings so but just a few things before I get started this morning um I would just like to say thank you to Pastor Scott and Miss Trish for them loving on us and believing that they heard from the Lord as well to tell us to come on because we did as well and so I'm just glad that it was a connection it's like a hand in a glove and so we are so grateful and thankful that we get to be a part of what God is doing here and today is a pretty special day for me Personally, because a year ago, last August, uh, Tanya heard the word of the Lord that we needed to move here, and about a week or two later, I was out in flower bed doing my job, de-weeding and listening to the to all the messages that we'd gone through to the conference, and the Lord spoke to me, and I heard it as clearly as I'm speaking to you. And uh, when Pastor uh, Scott called me and asked me to preach today, I was sitting. In my living room in North Carolina, listening to the same conference that was going on this year, because they have it every year. And I was sitting in my living room in North Carolina, and I was listening to the same exact night, night three of year 2022, when I got the call for Pastor Scott for me to preach. So a year to the day, a year to the week, a year to the week. And we're here, and I'm preaching. So for me, it's a pretty special week. It's a pretty special day for me. So let's go ahead and pray before we get into the Word today. Father, I just thank you and I praise you right now, Father, for all that you've done. I just thank you, Father God, for your goodness and for your faithfulness, Father. And I just pray right now, Father, that as we get into this Word today, that your Word will go forth. Your Word will go forth and it will penetrate, and it will do what it's supposed to do. And We just thank you and we praise you, Father, for it today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. So today, as you probably already read, I'm talking about being the body of Christ today. Because today, the days in which we live in, we need to know that we, this is vitally important to know that, to understand that. So if you would, turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. And we're going to start in verse 12. For, as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For, in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, Because I am not of the hand, I am not of the body is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body. It is therefore not of the body. And reading through that, I, um, I was like, Lord, there are various parts of the body. And one of the things that he gave me was, is you are significant because of what you're attached to. You are significant because of what you're attached to. And you will be attached to something. Whether that is through influences, what you see, what you hear, what you read. You're going to be gravitated towards something. And you're going to attach yourself to something. So what are you attaching yourself to? And it's vitally important that we as believers in these last days be attached to the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Because whenever we're attached to stuff, that affects how we think how we operate, and how we do things. So we got to figure out what are we attached to? What am I giving myself to? What am I giving my time to? What am I thinking about? What is consuming my time, my effort, my energy? Verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would the smelling? But now God has set the members, each of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? And I love how this says it in the Amplified. So we're going to look at verse 17 in the Amplified. Verse 17 says this in the Amplified. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God has placed and arranged the limbs and organs in the body, each particular one of them just as he wished and saw fit and with the best adaptation. Amen. You have a form, a fit, a function, and a place in the body of Christ. God has specifically, when He formed you in your mother's womb, He gave you a fit, a form, and a function. He designed you and I have a place for you in my body. So a lot of us people, we get, Christians especially, they get mad because, oh, I'm not the pastor, or I'm not in the praise and worship team, or I'm not this, or I'm not that. No, you have a fit, a form, and a function, and a place in the body of Christ. You need to find out what it is and get in your place. Because I can tell you this right now, if I cut my thumb off and I toss it to you, How many of y'all would really enjoy that? I'm just going to cut my thumb off and toss it to you. No, my thumb is significant because of what it's attached to, because it has its proper place. And then if I walk up to you and shake your hand, that's significant because of what it's attached to. It's It's attached to my arm, which is attached to my body, which is attached to me. That's what makes it important. And a lot of times in the body of Christ, we have people out here floating out here being lone rangers with a floating toe or floating finger or floating hand saying, I don't need the body. I don't need it. I don't need covering. I don't need a pastor. I don't, I don't need a five-fold ministry. I don't need a local church. We all have a form, a, fit, a function, and a place. And it it's important that we find out what that is. Because I guarantee you, my elbow doesn't look like it does a whole lot, but I guarantee you, it is very, very vital to what I need it to do. I'm able to move my arm. I'm able to hold things. I'm able to lift things and move my arm. If I didn't have an elbow, my arm would be doing this the whole time. I couldn't do anything, but now I can bend it because I have an elbow that has a proper fit, proper function designed just for my body. Same with the body of Christ. God may have designed you specifically. So if you fit into doing sound or if you fit into doing the information center, being a greeter, being an usher, whatever it is, God has a fit for you to find and to do it and to carry it out. Amen. So how did God fit you? And how did he form you to fit into his body? Because I firmly believe, and I've talked to Pastor Scott about this and we both believe this, but if you come here and you're part of this body, the job of you for you is not to just come every day and warm a seat. You need to find something to do, find some place to be. Find out what it is. Whether it's in kids, whether it's in youth, wherever it's at, whether it's on the platform, doing music, there's a place for you somewhere. So don't be shy like, Lord, what a, ask Him, what is it that you have for me to do? What is it you desire me to do in this body? Amen. Hallelujah. All right, hallelujah. Let's go ahead and let's flip over to Ephesians. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4. Amen. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4. There you go. Ephesians 4, starting in verse 11. Hallelujah, And he himself gave, some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I'm going to read that again out of the Amplified. Ephesians 4, verse 11 and the Amplified says, And his gifts were varied. He himself appointed and gave men to us, some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. Verse 12, His intentions was the perfecting of the full equipping of the saints. The perfect, the perfecting, and the full equipping of the saints. So that's what the fivefold ministry does. We're here to equip, teach, train. It's no different than like a basketball coach, a drill instructor. We all have those roles and functions that we fulfill as the fivefold ministry. Everybody else is a part of the helps ministry, and they're there to help and to assist and to be a part of that body. For the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints, that they should do the work of ministering towards building up Christ's body that it might develop until we all attain oneness in the faith and in the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God, that we might arrive that really mature manhood, the completeness of personality, which is nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection, the measure of the stature of the fullness of the Christ and the completeness found in Him. Ain't that good? We have a, there's a goal to this. There's an end to this. It's so that we can grow and we can mature. So, this is why it's imperative to get in your place and run your race. It's imperative. Because not only do we have a fit, a form, a function, a place to get in, but we also have a race to run. Collectively and individually. If God has assigned you to Faith Life Fellowship, it is imperative that we find our place and we run our race together that we can grow into one body and do the work of the ministry together because that's what ministry is. It is work. And Pastor Scott has even said, he's talked to the director of the Healing Place. They're coming. They're coming. And we need to be prepared. And we need to be ready because some of them, they may not have clue one about how to do church. They might not have clue one about how to live life, what it means to love, what it means to bear one of those birds. They may not have no clue about none of that, but they're going to need to see it in demonstration and operation. And that is why we have to learn how to do it here. So whenever they come in, we can demonstrate it to them and show them how to do it. Because I can tell you this right now, me and Tanya, and this is no exaggeration, you can talk to her about it, but there have been times where we have given up our time, our food, our house, our kids, our vehicles, our sleep. We have given it all at different times for different people in different situations because we understand it's vitally important that there is work and there is ministry to be had and there is no clock in, clock out. There is no, oh, I can only do it on Sunday mornings. Or, oh, I can only do it on Tuesday mornings when we're in prayer walk for an hour, hour and a half. No, it's a lifestyle. It is a way of living. It is a way of being. It's a way of thinking. It is how we are to conduct and live our lives in such a way that whenever the Lord taps you on the shoulders, hey, go talk to them. Hey, I need you to go give them some money. Hey, I need you to go cook a meal for them. Hey, I need you to go invite them over to your house. Spend time with them. Be hospitable to them. Because it's not about just coming to a building. We are the building. We are the building. We are going to make what the body of Christ is supposed to be because of what we do, because of how we treat one another, how we spend time with one another. So it's not just coming in on a Sunday morning, plopping down, and keeping a seat warm. It is much more than that. And God has assigned us to this place, to this city, at this time. He orchestrated it and brought us all together right here, right now. Amen? Hallelujah. Y'all are quiet because you're getting it, right? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll start uh, Ephesians 4. We'll start in verse 15. I'm sorry, verse 14. So then we may no longer be children tossed like ships to and fro between chance gusts of teaching and and wavering with every changing wind of doctrine, prey of cunning and cleverness and unscrupulous men. I was reading this, and whenever uh, I was reading it, I I got a whole visual of this. I grew up in Oklahoma, and so if you cut the the state diagonally, you have the northwest, and then you have the southwest side of the state. And you cut it diagonally just like that, (laughs) the top half of the state, the northwestern side where Tulsa's at, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's got trees. It looks great. Now, going south of Oklahoma City, you got prairie and you got shrubs wanting to be trees, wishing they could grow higher than shrubs. And there's nothing out there. It is just prairie for miles and miles and miles. And so every day, growing up, it was about 10 to 15 mile an hour winds just about every day. And some days it got to be about 40, 40 mile gusts that would come through. And I remember going to the mall with my parents as a kid. And depending on how you parked, one of two things was going to happen. If you parked and you was going to open your door, you was going to have to open your door and, like, get out and let the wind slam it shut, right? Or if you parked the other direction, you had to hold your door and slowly open it so the wind didn't take your door off. So a <laughs> wind isn't just... <sighs> no. Sometimes the wind may be those gust winds that come through. And living in Oklahoma... You can get 90 mile an hour straight line winds because there's nothing to stop it. There's nothing to break it up. Yeah, there's some tree rows out there, but not a lot. And it's just prairie, so those winds come through and they can tear up homes, they can tear up barns, they can tear up whatever because there's nothing to stop them. So when we think of wind of doctrine, it could be intense. And I can remember, it was two days before my birthday, May 3rd, 1999, a tornado, <clears throat> the, you know normal typical things you see on TV, you see those really wall clouds, and you see it start to spin, start to spin and as it it started over at my house too, it started over and I watched it it started to spin in the air, and when it got about halfway to Oklahoma City, it touched down, it took off. It turned out to be an F6 tornado biggest in history in Oklahoma. It tore a devastating path through Oklahoma City. And I was thinking about all that and remembering that and was like, yeah, those are the kind of winds of doctrine that can happen if you're not rooted and founded on the word. If you're not going to see, because it's not just, it's not just you being, because it says talking about that we may no longer be children. And I've seen people, you know, I've seen on TV on the weather channel where those people are trying to walk and put their head down and walk in the wind. Winds can get intense. Winds can get strong. But are you planted on the word? Do you have a foundation? The Lord's been dealing with me for this for about a year. Every time I see a storm come through, I know which trees, because I used to do landscaping, so I know which trees were the ones that were firmly planted and which ones weren't. Because a lot of times that you'll see, you'll see them broke off in half, laying in the street, laying on top, like fall on a house, or sometimes you'll see the whole tree just fall over and you'll see the root system sticking up. You'll just see that root system sticking straight up because they weren't planted. They had the look of it, they look pretty, they look good. Then the storm came through and exposed it how it really was. And there's other trees that shook and bent and you had some branches break, but that thing was still standing at the end of the storm. And that's what I want to tell you all today, that you have to be rooted and planted deep into the word, that when those storms come and those winds of doctrine try to blow you off the word, try to blow you out of your foundation that is the word, we have to stand that stand there and not allow it to dictate to us where we're going to go where we're going to go what we're going to do what we're going to think what we're going to believe but our foundation our root system is in the word our root system is in the body because we have a purpose and a place here and we're not going to give it up we're not going to leave because it gets tough we're not going to leave because it gets hard we're not going to leave because it doesn't look like anything's happening or changing we don't go by what we see right because we do we walk by faith correct Last time I checked, that's how we live our life. The just shall live by faith. We don't go based off circumstances. We don't go based off what we see. We go based off what the Word says. Amen? Hallelujah. So, whenever I was looking at that and remembering all that, I was like, wow, that is so true. And I never thought about because when it said wind, you know, in the Word, I was like, okay, it's a wind. I'm like, Phew. Yeah, we used to deal with wind all the time in Oklahoma. Just But no, he explained to me that those winds of doctrine can come through the body of Christ and to try to distract and to destroy the foundation of the word. And if we're not rooted and grounded in the word, it can shipwreck us. It can cause us to get off course. Our root system that we thought was solid can be exposed. So we have to be ready and prepared, not because right now anything's going on, but there's a day coming and we have to know what we believe and why we believe it. Verse 16. Excuse me, 15. Rather, let our lives lovingly express truth in all things, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly, enfolded in love. Let us grow up in every way and in all things unto Him who is the head Christ. And when I read that phrase into all things, the Lord just kind of dropped this on me. There are Kids, right? Y'all seen them. Y'all know who they are. You know, you've grown up. But those kids or those families or those parents, you know, from the time they can walk, they got a baseball in their hand. From the time they can walk, they got a basketball in their hand. From the time they're six, seven years old, they got a football and a helmet in their hand. They're growing up into all things football. They're growing up into all things baseball. They're growing up into all things basketball. Same with us. We need to grow up into all things of the word. From a young age, whether you're newly a convert or whether you've been or whether you're new to whatever, you need to be in the word and grow up into all things. You may know some things, but there's still more things that you got to know, more things that you got to learn. We're to grow up into all things. And I don't i know for me, I don't know all things. I don't know all things. I know some things, but not all things. (laughs) So there's still growth that's got to take place. There's still growth that's got to be done. And so you've seen those families, right? They go to every practice. Every summer league, they can get their kid in, right? Then they go to school, they play in their school league, and then they go to fall, and then they play fall ball, and then they go to play summer, spring. I mean, it's just a cycle. That's all you see them doing. Go, 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 go. Well, if they're that committed to something that isn't going to really produce an eternal value, an eternal reward in their child's life, how much more should we? How much more should we be committed to doing the things that the word say do? Living the word? acting on the Word. How much more should we? We need to grow to mature into all things. That's not, a one, that's not an event. That is a lifetime. That is a lifestyle. That is a way of thinking, living, and being. Hallelujah. And let's go ahead and... I'm going to finish that out. Hallelujah. In verse... Um, yeah, verse 16. For because of Him, the whole body, the church, and all its various parts closely joined and firmly knit together by the joints and ligaments with which it is supplied when each part, with power adapted to its need, is working properly in all its functions, grow to full maturity, building itself up in love. Mm -mm -mm. And whenever he started dealing with me about that, that goes back to, and I'll just use this as an example. And she said I could, so I won't, I'm not picking on her, I promise. But this past week, <clears throat> Tanya had some desks that she was trying to get ready for the boys because she homeschools them, so she had some desks and she was getting them ready. And she had one laying on its side and she was wiping it down and everything. She go to pick she goes to pick it up and she dropped it on her toe. I bet you her whole body felt that. Her nerves felt it. Because then then guess what happened? Now because she has that big old, her foot is swollen and tender and sore, now she has to shift her weight to her other leg and to take the care of the burden of that weight because this one can't end right now at the moment. So it has to shift. It has to move. Then her hands are constantly working on it, massaging it and attending to it. Her entire body is making an effort because that one member got hurt. How much more should we... So, you see somebody with a need. You see somebody with a need. You see somebody hurting. You see somebody in need of something. The word also talks about, too, how can you, with the love of God, see your brother or sister in need and shut up your heart of compassion? How how dwells the love of God? How? Because we are all one body, and we need to focus on and be a part of hey, they have a need. I'm going to go meet it. I'm going to go help them. I'm going to go love on them. I'm going to tend to their needs because I'm going to help. I'm going to assist. Because that's what the Word says, right? The body, wholly working together, edifies itself in love. Edifies, builds up, strengthens. There may be some weak things that need to be strengthened in somebody's life. And you are the answer to that. So don't think that you have nothing to give, nothing to offer. And I'll show you that in the Word. Let's go over to Hebrews 10. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10. We'll start in verse 23. Where he gets out of the King James. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Verse 24. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. I want to read that one out of the Amplified. And that's going to be Hebrews 10. Verse 24, let us consider and give attentive, continuous care to watching over one another. Continuous care watching over one another. Just like a parent watches over their kid and a protective of their kid, that is how we should be with one another. Give special care and attention to one another. That if there's something going on, if there's something happening, you know it. Not because you're nosy, not because you're trying to meddle in somebody else's affairs, but because you have a heart to see us all grow, to see us all mature, to see us all be more than what we currently are. Because we're not meant to do life alone. We are meant to be connected to one another. To one another because we have a goal and a mission and Jesus never designed us to live life on our own. And you'll see, you know, you'll see on TV or whatever, like mountain men are living in the mountains with nobody around. They don't talk to anybody really. They come into town maybe once a year. No, that's not how we're designed to live life. We are designed to be vitally connected to those around us. Hallelujah. Verse 25. Not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers, as is the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another, and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. It should be a faithful thing that you do. You should be faithful in attending, not because you have to, but because the day is approaching. Mm. Hallelujah. So first, and this is how the Lord kind of put it to me, and I thought it was really awesome how He did it. First, God joins you, then He knits you. So God may drop it in your heart to say, yeah, let's just Try out this church and start attending to see what it's about. God is drawing you and joining you to a church. Then, as you come and you say, you know what? I believe this is where I'm supposed to be. Then God is a, starts, just like a master sower, starts knitting you into the fabric of that church. You are a part of it. You become a part of it. You are knit together. Your heart becomes in line with the vision and the values of that church. Your mission becomes its, your, the church's mission. And you have a desire to help out and to find your place, to get in it, and to run your race as a part of the local church. So first God joins you, then he knits you. And then when you are joined and knit together, then, this was so good the way he gave it to me, then you have a supply to you. The joints and the ligaments and the tendons, they're all supplying the support and the help that you need. That's what we do as the body. There is a supply to you, and then there's a supply from you to the rest of the body. So you have something to give and receive. It's not a one-way street. It's not just you giving, 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 giving and being burnt out. No, it's you give, and you sow, and you invest, and you get that in return. That is what the body does. I get hungry, so whenever I eat, then that my body starts doing all the things that it needs to do to start strengthening and giving vitamins and nutrients and nutrition to the rest of my body because it's working for the edification of itself. It's doing what it needs to do. But too oftentimes we have people out here that want to try to do it on their own and be a lone ranger. That is not how God designed it to work. He wants to work through local churches in the body that are led by His Spirit and can flow and function and operate like they're supposed to. I've never in my entire life had my hand tell me, I'm taking the week off, I'll see y'all next week detach itself and leave my body. Because it didn't feel like scratching my head. It didn't feel like rubbing my eye. It didn't feel like doing none of that. It didn't feel like holding a fork. It didn't feel like typing on the keyboard. It said, no, I'm done with all that. I'm taking a week off. I've never seen it. I've never had it happen. You know why? Because God only gave us one head. He didn't, he only gave us one head. Because could you imagine if your feet had a head, had its own mind, its hands had your own, hands had its own mind, your elbows and your arms have their own mind. Could you imagine trying to get anything done? You would sitting there trying to walk, and your body's like, I ain't going. And then you're just like, come on, let's go. Could you imagine dragging parts of your body around? It's like, what's wrong with you? Well, today my foot decided it wasn't working today. Right? <laughs> Could you imagine how weird that would look? You're trying to do something, your hand's over here trying to, trying to leave, and you're like, come on, let's go. You've seen those parents in the grocery store, right? Dragging their kid, come on. I said, let's go. If you don't stop, let's go. Right? Oh, yeah, I'm that parent, by the way. Yeah, I'm that parent. So, again, right? It's funny because we know it's true, right? But, see, we're all designed to work and to flow together. We have one head. so That way we have one vision. Not die vision, not two, not three, not four. No, God gave us one vision. And that vision comes from him to the pastor to us, and we're supposed to get in line with it and to get into it and flow with it. Amen? Mm -mm -mm. And this is how the Lord kind of, and I'll wrap it up with this, and this is what he said. He said, when continuous attention is given to care for one another, forsaking and neglect will not be an issue. So again, when you have the heart of your leadership, when you have the heart of the church, you have the heart of your fellow members to want to grow and to edify them, forsaking and neglecting won't even be an option for you because it's just how you think. When you wake up on Sunday morning, it's not even a debate. Now, granted, you may have to work, vacation happens, different things like that. I get it. But if you just wake up on a normal Sunday morning, you're like, "Mm, I don't know, should I go? I stayed up late Saturday, but should I go to church? Mm," It's not a question. Since we've been here, um, me and Tanya, (laughs) we stayed up one one night, one Saturday night, until 2 in the morning. On a Saturday. And guess what? We got up and came to church the next morning. Tired or not. Because we have a commitment. And we didn't move halfway across the country to have a half-hearted commitment to what God told us to do. Yeah, our, our body may be a little tired, but that our body doesn't tell us what to do. We tell our body what to do. We are here committed to the cause, to what God has told us to do. And so I just want to leave you with this, that there may be things that are trying or hard or challenging in your life. I get that. But that's some part of us growing and maturing is we have a place, we have a part, we have a role that God has assigned us. And it's time for us to get into it and to get in our race and to run our race. Get into the place that God has for you. You have a fit, a form, and a function. And God desires to use you right where you're at. So whether you're an elbow, don't try to be a hand. If you're a kneecap, then great, be the best kneecap you can be. Because I guarantee you they're vital, they're important. Because you being the best elbow you can be, you are connecting people. You are a connector. God may desire you to connect people with other people in the church so they can... those. You may be the very one that gives divine connections to people. God is using you to divinely set people up with other people. That is vital. That is important. People need to run their race, and they may not know exactly what to do or how to do it, but then you come along and say, hey, here's my friend. Have you met them? God connection right there. And that takes off, and they're able to run their race effectively and do all that God's calling them to do because of that divine connection because of you. And you know what? You're going to give a reward for that because you did what you were designed and fitted and functioned to do. Not everybody's designed to be up here. But those that are, don't run from it. If your design and fit and function is to be with the kids, go be with the kids. Twelve years, I served in just about every capacity you could think of. And I, for the large part, was an usher. That's where my fit and assignment was for the time being. I always knew I was called to preach ever since I was a little boy. But it wasn't time for that yet. I had to fulfill and do certain things until it was time. And of course, you don't get to this point without growing and maturing and being willing to serve where God says to serve. And so I'm encouraging you all today. Find out where God has what He has for you and get in that place and serve and be faithful to it. No matter where it is, whether it's a greeter at the door, that's still important because you may be the first friend of the face they've seen all week and that may be the catalyst that changes their heart. Man, when I came in, they were so nice to me. They met me. They gave me a hug. Something that simple because you were faithful to be there on a Sunday whenever that person came through the door. So again, you have a supply to you and a supply from you. And I had a conversation last Sunday and I'll close with this. See, my second closing, I'm learning, See? I get three closings. I'm already on two. (laughs) So I had a conversation uh, last Sunday, and I simply told the person I was speaking with, I told him, listen, as far as I'm concerned, there is an option for a lot of people to come to church, and for me it's not one, because that may be the very Sunday that God wants me to do something. He has something for me to give somebody, but if I'm not there, how are they going to get it? Sure, he could use somebody else, sure, but then I'd miss out on being obedient to what the Lord say do. Or that may be the very Sunday, some, God has something to give me through somebody. But if I don't show up, how am I going to receive it? I can't receive something if I'm not there. And watching it on TV is great, and I get it if you're sick or you can't make it, I understand. But if, you're, if you can make it and you're well able, get up and come. Be here. Be committed. Be involved. Be plugged in. Because we all have our part to play. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, so we're going to go ahead and pray. Hallelujah. Hope this word was good. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank You today, Father, for the word that was brought. I just thank You and I praise You, Father, that it hit where it needed to hit. It landed where it needed to land, Father. And I just thank You and I praise You, Father, that what was spoken today, Father, it'll penetrate. And I just thank you, Father God, for this week. That as they go out, Father, I can release them to you. They'll be led by your Spirit. And I just thank you and I praise you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Isaac. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you're blessed by Dr. Forrest's message. If you're in the Wilmington area and you're looking for a place to worship, come join us on Sunday at 10 a.m. for Coffee and Fellowship and 1030 for Worship and Service. If you would like to learn more about us and hear more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at... Faith Life Wilmington.